0: Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year.
1: This is a year that I pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Amen. You could be anywhere else in the world. You could still be in bed, but you chose to come to church this morning. Amen. That's a great place to be. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, we are starting or did start a brand new series last week, and it was called Factory Reset. How many of you here last week? Amen. Amen. Well, so there's some things that we shared with you last week, and we're going to repeat just a little bit to kind of refresh your memory on some things. But when it comes to a factory reset, we use the example, if you will, concerning uh, computers. Uh, If you've ever had a computer work with computers, you'll know that sometimes when you're working with a computer, your computer can just get overwhelmed, get loaded up, get busy, some things of that nature to where uh, it just don't function and work the way that it used to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever had a computer where it's just like this thing is not working the way that it used to? It's not fast, it's bogged down, it's just not as efficient as it used to be. If you've ever worked with a computer, you know how that can happen. And so, if you've ever taken your computer to the computer shop and said, I need this to be fixed or it's not working properly, off of it, all the noise, all the busyness, everything that has been loaded up on your computer to cause it to lag and not work efficiently, what they'll do do is again bring it back to its simplest form in the way that it was made to function and operate. And when it's in its simplest form, it works efficiently. Well, how many of you know that life can get awful busy. Get awful cluttered, get awful noisy, just with things in life. And before you know it, it just seems like life is loaded up, weighted down, not as easy as it used to be. And it just seems like, man, it's just not going, the, going my way or going the way that I want to. And sometimes, wouldn't you just like to have one of these buttons and say, man, I just need a factory reset. Go back to the place of where it was simple. Anybody remember simple days? My kids they were asking me this morning as we were coming into the church They were asking me about uh, Bible college and back in those days and uh, They were asking me about or are you university and different things and uh, They said well, do you wish this and do you wish that and I said, you know what when I went to Bible college I said man It was the some of the best days of my life Even now in this age or at this age. I think back to Bible college it was like man. That was such a simple time so good in fact, I remember when I was in Bible college, they would preach this and hammer this, that when it comes to ministry, ministry is spelt W-O-R-K. And they said that when it comes to your life of serving God, being here at Bible college is going to be the easiest time and the most fun you ever had until you get into ministry and then it's going to be a whole lot of work. And so I'm thinking back, man, Bible school days, let me reset it back then, man. Let me hit the reset button and go back to those days. Oh, back to those days when, man, my wife and I was just starting dating. we like, woohoo! Come on, you know what I mean? And so, once again, you can think back to a time when things were a whole lot easier and a whole lot more simple. Well, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to have a factory reset, if you will, to where we come back to the simplicity of life. How many of you realize that when it comes to God's purpose and plan, He has not designed your life to be so busy and so hectic and so filled with stuff that you don't have time for Him? And how many of you know that that's exactly what we allow ourselves to do, where we get so busy and so uh, overwhelmed with things that we don't have time for Him? Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Where life becomes so noisy, becomes so busy. Do you realize that much of that busyness is by design? I said much of that busyness is by design. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so therefore, he's endeavoring to fill your life with noise and busyness and distraction. And much of the culture that we live in today buys into that and provides plenty of opportunities for that to happen. But oftentimes, because we're in the church... We look at what's going on in the world and we say, well, if we're going to get ahead in life, if we're going to do X, Y, and Z, we've got to play the game of the world in order for uh, uh, us to have the desires of our heart. If we want our kids to do this and do that, we got to play the game of the world. But again, did you realize that the culture is endeavoring to create busyness for your life so that you miss out on God opportunities? I said the world will create opportunities for you to miss out and again it's a grand design of the enemy trying to steal your time so that you don't have time to spend with god have you ever noticed that when it comes to television anybody remember these days where you had three channels you had abc nbc and cbs and and if you happen to tune in the uhf thingy on the back of the tv you could get some pbs channels anybody remember those days Oh, man, I mean, if you could get a couple extra channels in, I mean, we might even be able to dial in to get channel 50. I don't know if you remember what channel 50 was, but, man, you know, the antenna on the roof, you would do the little rotor thing, and you'd hear the... and the, the antenna turning on the roof, right? But now you've got Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, you've got... Apple TV, Disney Channel, HBO, whatever else that's out there, did you realize that there's all kinds of opportunities for you to watch television and suck up your time? And if if that wasn't bad enough, they got those things that, will what do you call them, uh, DVRs, that they'll record the, the programs for you, and so you don't have to miss nothing. You can get your programs and watch it when you want to. You remember the days when you're like, "Oh man, I can't wait to set a, set Friday night aside because Dukes of Hazard's coming on." You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I my kid, my 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 son, he's gotten into watching Different Strokes. You remember Different Strokes back in the day? I remember being a kid setting the setting the calendar of saying, man, I can't wait for Different Strokes to come on." Now, you don't have to wait for nothing, man. You can binge watch all of them. My point is this, is that the world and the culture around us has created and has designed a lifestyle to create busyness and noise so that your life is so cluttered that your life doesn't function the way that God designed it. And it comes to a place where we say, I need to have a factory reset, where we come back to an original place of design of simplicity so that i can begin to grow in my relationship with god and once again i keep saying this that it's by design why is it by design do you not understand that the devil knows the timetable of god far better than you or i do he knows how to read the signs he knows that his time is short so what a greater opportunity for him to create noise, busyness, and distraction in the days just before His return. And if you don't realize that Jesus is coming soon, you've been sleeping. Because I'm telling you, there's so many things that are right in front of our face that tells us Jesus is coming soon. And if that becomes my dying words as I fulfill the ministry that God has called me, and that is is that Jesus is coming soon, and I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss His return. And so, we've got to get to a place of simplicity and understand that busyness is not always best. Amen? So, I want to bring your attention to some things that we looked at before. And that is, is that we said that we have been made with a design to walk and live by the Word of God. Now, I'm just, I guess maybe I'm old school. But you know, there is this idea of current culture today within church settings that you know, pastors will get up and preach you a rah-rah message to try to exhort you, to uh, 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 coach you, and, and get you stimulated so that you can leave church and say, Woo! I feel so good. But if there's nothing that you can take with you that, that again begins to grow your faith, to cause you to live by faith and live by the Word of God, then church has been nothing more than just a seminar to help get you uh, encouraged and uplifted. Well, the only way that church is going to benefit you and uplift you and encourage you is if you hear the Word of God. I want to encourage you I want to inspire you but how I'm going to inspire inspire you is by God's Word because the Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God how are you going to grow in your faith walk with him the Word of God how are you going to learn how to trust God it's the word how are you going to live by faith it's the word And so if you don't like hearing the Word of God, if you don't like hearing messages that talk about what God's Word says, you won't like it around here. If you want a message that just makes you feel good and inspired, this ain't the place. Because once again, we're going to preach the uncompromised Word of God because Jesus is coming soon. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. so, if you will, I want to bring back to your remembrance some things that we shared with you last week. And we started with John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says, and He was with God from the beginning. So, who is the He that He's talking about? Jesus. And Jesus, it says, Jesus is the Word. But once again, I want to bring to your attention, it says, in the beginning. Everybody say, the beginning. When you see words like that in the Bible, it's no different of saying, factory reset. Pay attention to this. This is something that brings about simplicity of life. And we got to give heed to it. And so in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So if you want to know who Jesus is, you can't know who Jesus is outside of the Word. I want to say it again, in case you didn't hear what I said. You may think that you know Jesus, but if you do not know His Word, you do not know Him. Now, you may be a Christian, or you may have received Christ into your life. You might be a believer, but you know how you became a Christian? There's only one way that you received Christ into your life. It was through hearing the gospel message. And by hearing the gospel message, or the Word... You had an opportunity to believe, right? That's the only way that you became a believer was through hearing the word of God. So in other words, you heard about Jesus being the Savior, and therefore you received salvation based upon hearing about him, what he came to do. He came to die on the cross, to be risen from the grave, to to pay and take the purchase of sin for you and me so that we don't have to go to hell. And based upon hearing the word or hearing the word about Jesus, I could receive salvation. But do you realize that there are so many individuals that are in church today that the only thing that they know about Jesus is he saved me? I received salvation. But they refuse to grow through the word of God. So they don't know anything else about Jesus other than the fact that, they saved, that he saved, him or saved them from their sins. Does that make sense? Now let me just do an experiment with you. And this is not to be critical by any means. I'm not being critical or making you feel bad. But I said to you that in our culture and our world is consistently changing with the efforts to rob the word of God from your life. So I want to do a little bit of an experiment. If you came to church this morning and you it, brought a physical Bible, hold it up. All right? You can put them down. Now that was probably only a third of the congregation that brought physical Bibles. Now I understand, please don't, let it mess with you too badly because I realize that we put scriptures up on the screen that way again we allow you to interact that way or some of you use your phones I understand that as well but we live in a culture today that the word of God is not anything that we use or have as a uh, regular practice of life and again if, if we're thinking well I don't even know where my Bible is to let alone bring it to church then that says something right? Because once again, you can only know Jesus as well as you know the Word of God. And notice it says that the Word was not only with God, He was God. So if you want to know about God, you've got to know about Jesus. But how you know about Jesus is by knowing the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? Now, I know know I'm repeating what I shared last week, but it is so vital that you understand because in order for you to have the simplicity of a life of faith, it has to be built upon the Word of God. Amen. So you have to have a factory reset moment to say, if my life is too busy right now to get the Word of God into my life, then I am too busy. Amen. Now, I realize it takes a discipline. It takes a uh, creating of a habit. But you know that you spend time doing whatever you want to do, right? I think I shared with you last week that I got up in the morning at like 3 o'clock in the morning to go fishing down in Detroit. You'll do what you want to do. Well, what does it reflect if I don't ever invest any time with God or for God? That He's not that important to me. Does that make sense? Now, again, let me just reemphasize this. And I said this last week for the sake of just getting your attention, but it stands to be true. I said to you that, you know, when it comes to a person that goes to church, that people will oftentimes say, well, I'm a Christian. The only way that you can be a Christian, or I should say it this way, you can say, well, uh, uh, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. You can't be one or the other. Because a Christian means that you're a follower of Christ. The book of Revelation says that Jesus comes in the assembly of the people when they're gathered together. So that means on Sunday morning, Jesus comes to church. Why does Jesus come to church? Because it's the Sabbath. And the Bible says that's, we're to honor God on the Sabbath. Well, so if you're a follower of Christ, that means that you're going to show up on Sunday morning where Jesus shows up. That means at church. And so again, I can say it this far or take it this far as well, that if we're not people of the Word of God then we can be believers, I can believe in God, I can believe in salvation or have received salvation, but if the Word of God, which is Jesus, if that's not a practice of my life, then I am not a follower of Jesus, and therefore I really can't say I'm a Christian if I'm not in the Word. I know that's a strong statement, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You can be a believer, receive salvation, and go to heaven, but miss out on so much that God desired in the life of a Christian that is a person that is a follower of Christ. Amen. Now you say, well, why are you talking this way? Because Jesus is coming soon. Don't miss out on the best of your life. The best is yet to come. Let's not go out of this life boo-hoo and then complaining and, and just barely getting by. Let's go out with victory. Go out with a shout. Let's go out knowing who He is. That when we see Him face to face, we're like, Jesus, I've known you all along. Rather than saying, man, it's good to meet you. Amen? All right, so let me, let's take this a little bit further as we look into the Word of God. If you recall, we said that in John chapter 1 that the Word was Jesus, but it also says that the Word brings life. God wants us to experience that life, but then it goes on to say that the life of the Word brings light. What is the light? Light means revelation. It means understanding. It means clarity. Now, in this context of what we were sharing with you in John's Gospel chapter 1, this portion is where we see John the Baptist preaching the kingdom of God. John was ministering and saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is coming. Do you remember that? Well so John the Baptist was consistently he he had a ministry That he launched out in and he was talking and telling that Jesus is coming. So therefore, we know that John the Baptist had to have a personal relationship with God. And he had to be a student of the word of God. Because he was preaching Jesus. Now, let me also say this. You also understand that John the Baptist was cousins to Jesus, right? And again, if you recall the stories, the Bible tells us that Mary and, and, and the mother of John, they were talking together saying, I'm pregnant. You're pregnant? I'm pregnant. So they had to be close as, as far as family goes. And so again, we're uh, reading between the lines a little bit, but we can make the assumption that Jesus and John the Baptist were probably close as cousins growing up. They got to play together, hang out together, they were growing together. and if you recall, the Bible says that John was growing or excuse me, Jesus was growing in wisdom and stature. He would go to the temple and he would learn and study and have the, 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 the religious leaders teach him, right? And so it's very uh, uh, easy to say that John and Jesus probably had Bible studies together, and they're learning together, right? And all the while, John is with Jesus but didn't know anything concerning who he was but then one day in John's gospel chapter 1 we see that John is preaching his message that he has continually preached repent for the kingdom of God is at hand but then sees Jesus coming but this time it was different Because he'd been preaching the word, preaching the word, preaching the word and the word was Jesus. And all of a sudden light came or revelation came and this time he saw Jesus different than he'd ever seen him before. And this time not only did he say repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, he says behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. How was it that he saw Jesus in a different light? Because light came, revelation came because of the Word. He was preaching the Word, preaching the Word, and all of a sudden his eyes saw what he was preaching all along. Now, what does that say for you and I? You say, man, I come to church and sometimes I don't get what pastor's saying. Sometimes I read the Bible and I don't get it. Just keep after it. I said, just keep after it. Because eventually, as you hear the word, hear the word, hear the word, light is going to come where the Holy Spirit is going to help connect the dots where you're going to be like, ha ha, I get it now, I see it. I can tell you that I personally do that all the time, even though I've been preaching for 25 years. this message that I'm preaching to you right now is based upon my personal reading reading in John's Gospel. And and let me just get here for a minute. Let me just show you. I don't know if you can see my Bible. Can you see that all highlighted and marked up? Well, that's because there's things that God's talked to me. But as I was reading this just a couple weeks ago, I started making new highlights. I started drawing new lines. I started taking secondary notes. Why? Because I've read that before, but all of a sudden, light came, greater revelation came, and I'm seeing things that I've never seen before. Amen. Amen. So stick with the Word. It's a factory reset moment where we bring it to the simplicity of life, where we live by the Word of God, and it reveals Jesus to us. Amen. Now, once again, as I said, this is John. I've been with Jesus all my life. He could have said, wait a minute, I know him. Really? No, light came. Because the word of who he was preaching finally became revealed to his eyes and said, now I see who you really are. But here's the interesting thing. We saw that John had a ministry he preached the word. He was baptizing. And the scripture says that there was a couple of those, uh, 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 some individuals that were disciples of John, or in other words, followers of John's ministry. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Do you, do, does anybody have ministers that you follow after that you really like them? I think we all do. There's certain ones that I like that I follow after. Well, so there's these individuals that followed John's ministry. They were his disciples, so they consistently heard John's message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And it very well could be that because of John and Jesus' relationship, it very well could have been that they were familiar with who Jesus was. Oh, that's, that's John's cousin. We know who Jesus is. But now, John says, wait a minute, behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Now, all of a sudden, they see Jesus in a whole new light. They see Him as now this is the one that we've been expecting. We've been looking for Him. And once again, there's a factory reset moment. What do I do with this understanding that I have? Well, the Bible says this. In fact, if I can, let me get there just so that I can reference it. In chapter uh, 1, verse 37, it says, Two of the disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Now, oftentimes we read that and say, wow, isn't that incredible? These individuals that didn't know anything about Jesus, didn't know Jesus, just out of the blue followed Jesus. How many of you understand that that is impossible? The only way that you begin to follow Jesus is by understanding who Jesus is. Why did you ask Jesus into your heart? Because you recognized what Jesus did for you. You recognized who Jesus was and you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. How many of you know people that have heard the same message that you have but have not received Jesus as of yet? Anybody know people like that? Sure. Well, why aren't they following Jesus but you are? Because you saw him and they didn't. So when it comes to the disciples of John, this wasn't just a random message or this wasn't just a random person. They have been hearing about him, hearing about him, hearing about him. Jesus is coming. Repent for the kingdom of God is is come or it's upon us. So they were looking for him. And when Jesus finally came and their eyes seen, they were ready to follow. They weren't following John for the sake of following John. They were following John because they wanted to see Jesus. Then when Jesus showed up, they said, all right, we're ready to follow you. We're going to follow you. In fact, the Bible says that they actually did begin to follow. And Jesus says, what do you seek after? I mean, think about these guys. I mean, it'd be no different than you. You know, somebody that you've known for a long time and all of a sudden it's like, whoa. I didn't realize that about you. It would make you feel a little bit uh, maybe awkward or something. You might interact with them a little bit differently now because it's like, wow, I just don't know how to, I just don't know how to interact with you. And Jesus is like, what you, what's up, guys? What are you seeking after? And they're like, um, where are you staying? And he says to them, come and see. And the Bible says that they followed him. Everybody say, Come and see. 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 Now, I'm going to show you something in just a moment that's significant to being a follower of Jesus. Remember, I said, upon hearing the word, the word gives you the opportunity to believe. All right. Now, once they followed, the Bible says this. They followed Jesus, and they, 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 as they, they went, the Bible says uh, that they pursued Andrew. And they said to Andrew, or as I should say it this way, Andrew found Peter. And Andrew said to, to Peter, says, we found him. Come on, come and follow us. We'll show you the one that we've been looking for. And then the Bible says that Jesus found Philip. And then Philip found Nathanael. And Philip said to Nathanael, says, we found him. The one that we've been hearing about the one that we've been looking for we found them and nathaniel says or makes this statement he says is there anything good that can come out of nazareth so in other words he's like ah i hear what you're saying but i just don't know that i believe what you're saying i mean it's no different than saying can anything good come out of flint i mean flint doesn't have a real good reputation anymore right I've had guest ministers come in, and we go to the restaurant. You know what the first thing they ask me? They say, is it okay to drink this water? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a reputation, right? So obviously, he's saying, uh, well, I know what you're telling me. He said, but is there anything, that can, anything good that can come out of Nazareth? Now, look at what the words of Philip are. Philip says to um, uh, Nathanael, he says, come and see. What did we just say that Jesus said when they said, where are you staying? Come and see. Isn't it interesting that when you start hanging around somebody, you start talking like them? And it didn't take long, and there's a, a major significance of what I'm sharing with you right now, and that's next week, so come back next week. He repeated what Jesus said. Have you ever noticed that your kids start talking like somebody that they've been hanging around? In fact, when we had, when we had the, the, the uh, uh, training here at the church for the, the uh, shooter training thing, our friend, uh, Profetto, one of the things that he would say would be, right on. And so my son was interacting with Profetto, and Profetto said to my son, hey, right on. And so my son said to me, he says, hey, Dad, why does he keep saying right on? And I said, I don't know. It's just the way that, you know, we used to say or things that we used to say. Well, then it wasn't too long. I said something to my, my son, and my son said to me, right on. <laughs> Amen. So... Uh, The people you hang around, somebody that you admire, somebody that you glean after, you start talking like them, right? And again, like I said, I'm getting ahead of myself. That is a very important, significant part of having a factory reset in our life of talking a certain way. But let's continue, all right? So, in regards to what we just saw here, we see that there are two factory reset moments. We said that From the start of this chapter, it said, in the beginning, which means there is a defining moment right from the start, and that defining moment is what gives us an opportunity to believe. It brings us down to a place of the simplest form of simplicity of life, of walking with Jesus that eliminates all the noise and all the busyness and all the distractions and all the clutter of life. And unless we purpose... To restart or re engage a place of simplicity, we'll never walk with Jesus in the light of how he wants us to to experience or walk with him. Say it with me say, I want a factory reset. reset. All right. So, what do we see as a factory reset moment in this story that we've seen? First of all, when the disciples of John said to Jesus, Where are you staying at, Jesus? He says to them, come and see. And the Bible says, they followed. That is a key component of you walking with Jesus and having a relationship with Him is that you respond to what He says. How many of you understand that oftentimes when I purpose to respond to Jesus or living a life of faith, it does not make sense to my natural mind? I don't know about that. But you'll have to endeavor to listen and follow or act upon the word that has been said. In chapter 2, now again, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but in chapter 2 is where the Bible says that Jesus turned the water into to wine. Remember that story? Now let's fast forward it to chapter 2, verse 50. It says this, And this was the beginning of signs concerning Jesus. Remember I said that when we see the words beginning, it means factory reset. Simplicity. Well, if you recall concerning the story of Jesus, in the first miracle that he did, they were at the wedding feast, right? And the Bible says that they ran out of wine. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to Jesus and said, Jesus, do something about this. And he says, woman, this don't have nothing to do with me. What does she say? She turns to the servant and says, whatever he says, do it. And then the Bible says, he says, okay, go get some pots, fill them up, and then serve it to the the head of the feast here what was her words whatever he says do it to walk with Jesus in its simplest form is whatever he says do it praise the Lord amen so when the Bible says in the book of Hebrews don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together but exhorting one another some have gotten in the habit of doing it but not you go to church Why? Because Jesus goes to church. Well, I'm just going to listen to what Jesus says, and I'm just going to do it. Well, I want to sleep in on that day. Well, Jesus said, go to church. Just do it. Amen. Well, you know what? I don't like doing all that tithing stuff. Well, God said it will bless you. Do it. I don't understand it. Just keep hearing. Just keep doing. And eventually, it'll make sense to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? What's the simplest thing that you can do? Does the whole idea, even though I'm a Christian, I've walked with Jesus for nearly all my life, there's still this idea of that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they're all individuals. But they're all one. How does that work? (laughs) I don't know. But do I believe it? Yep, I do. Do I believe that Jesus came in the form of a man and died on the cross for me? Does all of that make sense? No, not necessarily. I mean, you understand it by the Word of God, but you're like, that's just a big thing to wrap your head around. But what I do? I choose to believe it. I just act on that. And the funny thing is, is that when I just act on the word, the Bible says that Jesus confirms the word and it becomes real to me. Amen. I remember somebody just recently, they were talking about Wednesday night prayer. They said, you know, that Wednesday night prayer stuff, you know, I'm not used to all that. I'm not from that kind of background. I don't know how to pray all like you do. But I just remember when you started praying, man, the presence of God came on me and I just started crying. Well, how does that happen? Because God makes himself known. Jesus becomes real. And you begin to have a personal experience with him. He always wants to reveal himself. How many of you have ever been listening to that uh, song on the radio? And all of a sudden, Jesus becomes real. And you're crying in your car. And you're thinking, dear God, I hope nobody sees me. It's like I'm a mess in here. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, why does that happen? Was it a sappy story or a sappy song that you just begin to cry? No, it was talking about the goodness of God and the love of God, and it hits you right in your heart, and you begin to weep. Why? Because Jesus become real in the moment of your worship toward Him in the presence of your car. And so God is wanting to reveal Himself and make Himself known. Now, as we continue to see that story in chapter 1 of the book of John, Do you recall I said to you that Philip went to Nathanael and Nathanael says, well, is there anything that's, that can good come out of Nazareth? But he ends up following him. He just steps out in faith to follow or go see Jesus. Well, I don't know. And and I'm I'm telling you, God will meet your faith wherever you're at. Even when you're saying, I don't know whether that's so or not. I'm just going to step out in faith and just hope that God meets me there. God always will meet you in that place because you just are sincere saying God I want to know you and so we see Nathanael follows Philip to see Jesus and when Jesus sees Nathanael he says hey Nathanael he said I saw you I saw you under the fig tree before Philip ever got to you and Philip, was, or excuse me, Nathaniel was astonished and says, oh, oh, I'm a follower now. I'm a believer. And Jesus says to him, He says, You believe because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree? Now, I've said this and, and have read it this way for a long time that Jesus was rebuking him. Philip, or excuse me, Nathaniel. You mean, just because I said that I saw you, now you're going to believe? Listen, Nathanael was coming in contact with him for the first time as seeing him as the, the Lamb of God. So he wasn't going to be condemning to him. He was going to be loving and embracing. And so in other words, we could say it this way. Jesus was saying to Nathanael, oh, 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 because I said the word spoke. Because I said that I saw you, you believe. Oh. Well, if you're going to believe just because I said I saw you, oh, just hold on to your britches because you're going to see greater things than this. Amen. So here's my admonishment to you. Just dare to believe. Have a factory reset moment in your life where you're going to say, God, I'm choosing to quiet the noise in my life. Be daring enough to identify some of those things in our life that the enemy has used as distractions for your household, for your marriage, for your family, for your church. Recognize that maybe there's some things that you've chased after some rabbit trails. And God's saying, let's have a factor reset moment where we come back to simplicity of life. Where we come back to a place where we're going to pursue God. That we're going to pursue His Word. And His Word is is going to be what leads our life. And even in those areas of our life where, God, I I just don't know. I just don't know. Amen. Let me share this with you. I I remember, that this goes back to being daring enough to hear the Word and say, God, I choose to believe. Why don't you stand with me and I'll finish with this. When I was in Bible college, I had a friend that went to a Bible college that was of a d- different denomination over in Springfield, Missouri. And when I went over there, I visited with him. And so I was going to visit my friend. Well, he had it in his mind that he was going to rally a bunch of his colleagues and try to tell me how God was not a supernatural God and that God doesn't do miracles and that God doesn't move in certain ways. And so they all had their vantage point. Kind of just sucker punched me or just kind of ganged up on me. But then one guy, he was from the Philippines. And he said to me, He said, you know, he said. When I first got saved, he said, God just started to show up in some spectacular ways. And he said, you know, uh, when I was walking with the Lord, he said, one particular day, he said, I was in an area of the city. I can't remember what he was doing as far as these particular, particular story. But he said to me, he said, I had a very expensive jacket on. And he said, it started to rain. And I don't know if it was an interview or something that he was doing. But he said he had a very expensive jacket. And he said, if the rain got on it, it would ruin his jacket. And so he just said, God, I believe that you care about my jacket just as much as I do. And he said, God, if you're real. And he's looking out the window as he's saying this. He said, God, if you're as real as... You say that you are. And if you care about me as much as you say that you do. And if I can believe you and ask you for anything. He says, God, I ask you that you cause it to stop raining right now. So that I don't ruin my jacket. And so he's looking out the window. And it's still raining. So he just decides, well, I guess I got to go anyways. He opens the door and steps out. And the moment he steps out the door, it immediately stops raining. Now, he started to proceed to tell me story after story of things just like that. But then he goes to the Bible college, and then he says to me, he says, but now since I've been here, he said, I've been told, and I understand now how none of that stuff is real today. It's just all consequential consequences. Here's my point in saying that. You might have backgrounds and doctrines and teachings that have told you that God doesn't want to be revealed in your life or be real to you and I'm here to tell you that if you'll just dare to step out on the Word of God just dare to believe dare to do say God I don't care what I've been told I'm gonna have a factory reset starting over and I'm coming back to the basics I'm just accepting what the Word of God says therefore if you said it it settles it it's got to be true and I'm gonna trust in you Amen. amen And you just watch God be real. You watch God show up. You watch God show up in your car, in your workplace, at night, when you go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, you'll find God's there waiting for you because He's a real God. And when you say, God, my child's sick, I'm just there going to believe that you'll heal my child. Watch God show up. Amen. Are you doing all right? Let me share this last thing. I know I already said I was going to shut up. already going to shut up. I've told you this story before, but I told you how when I was a young person, I would always get horrible canker sores in my mouth, just huge to where my face would hurt, my neck would hurt, and it would last like two or three weeks long, and and I've always been a man that believes that Jesus is the healer. I've always believed that in spite of whatever's went on, but I went to Bible college, and as I'm sitting in my apartment, my face is hurting, and I can still see where I'm at. I'm standing right next to my dining room table, looking into my bedroom. And I said, God, I believe that you're the healer. And so, therefore, rather than settling for this canker sore, plaguing my mouth and my life and making my life miserable, in Jesus' name, I receive healing right now. Well, within a couple days that was gone now again i said that my canker sores would always last for two or three weeks long now there was a canker sore that tried to come back a little bit later maybe a month later and i said okay wait a minute now i said when i prayed before the canker sore dissipated a whole lot quicker and i said so father in the name of jesus i believe that healing is mine so canker sore you're trespassing on my mouth you have to go by the next day it was gone Now, I told you that I've had this thing that has plagued me all my childhood and adult life to where they would last two and three weeks and they were just miserable. The next day it was gone. Maybe the next month, I started to feel the symptoms of it. And I'm like, wait a minute. When I prayed, it dissipated. When I prayed the second time, it was gone the next day. Then now that I'm feeling I'm going to get ahead of the game and you're not even going to come in Jesus' name. And it never came back. Now, have I had opportunities for canker sores to come? Absolutely. But what do I do? The Word says, the Word says, Jesus is the healer. I know Him. I said, I know Him. I don't know just about Him, but I know that He's the healer. And therefore, I receive healing from the healer because I know Him. I'm free in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive it this morning? everybody say it with me factory reset come on we're going somewhere with this i hope you'll take the journey with me because the best is yet to come god's doing some amazing things and you've got a factory reset coming in your life for god to do some amazing things let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for this opportunity of hearing the word and upon hearing the word we're hearing of you and coming to know you we thank you god that we're purposing to have a Simplicity of life to come back to the main thing being the main thing God we thank you that you're helping us giving us grace Giving us strength And in these days we're knowing you more than we've ever known you in jesus name and everyone said amen Amen.
0: Well, that's it Is this the year where you're going to see some change is this the year? Where you'll see restoration in your family, or is this the year where you're gonna allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info, or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.